0: Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. My name is George Weedman, and I've got Jimmy in here and Jordan underneath as well. Uh, a couple of friends along for the ride for a nice, mm-hmm. relaxing, kind of slow news week. But that yeah. won't stop the uh, this crazy train we've got running here. <laughs> how, yeah. How is crazy. how is everyone doing tonight? Crazy. I apologize Crazy. if I if I sound a little s- loopy. My uh, my main deal is that I've been playing a lot of Wasteland Two. My Steam oh, yeah. count right now is at like 80 hours, and I started on launch day. I took a few days off to do that Wolfenstein review, but I've just been doing like nothing but that and work for almost two weeks, and it's kind of a uh, kind of turned my brain to mush. But but uh, before I can we go imagine. on about that, what have you guys been up to? Um. What have I been playing? I've been playing Smash. That came out today. Oh yeah. Oh it but did. But is it is it for real this time or is it like another demo? No, no, this is the the full US release of the game. But of the 3DS version, right?
1: Yes. Which the 3DS is version. which
0: is uh I don't know. I don't know if that that still counts as the full for real for real this time version. I mean, it has all the same characters that are going to be in the Wii U version.
1: The only thing, well, okay, we don't know full details about the Wii U version. Like what's different? We know that there's going to be some different stages because, like, I think what was clever is a lot of the unique stages in the 3DS version are from 3DS games. So, uh. like, for example, uh, if for people who have 3DSs, you'll know like the Street Pass thing where you make your little me and you do like the Find Me game mm-hmm. and you play. Like, you, like, fight ghosts with p- friends that you pass by on the street. And it's, like, it's funny. Um They made a stage based off that. And, like, they have, uh like, one for, like, Pokemon X and Y. There's, like, a, a town from there as one of the stages. And, like, so it's, like, cool that they did that. And I think they're going to make more Wii U
2: game-centric stages for the
1: Wii U version. So I'm it's surprised like-
2: they released that one first. Just because, like, you'd think they'd release the big one with all yeah. the, like, hype and then... I mean, I don't know. Like, I see where you're coming from, because definitely, like,
1: if they would have released the Wii U one first, I think it would have just been so many people like, all right, I'll just get a Wii U, fine. Yeah. No. But, um, I don't know. There is there is a thing that nobody knows what it does yet. It's on the 3DS version, there's a option that says, uh, sync with Wii U version. <laughs> and rumors have been going around. Apparently, somebody... Leaked that this gets you characters, more characters, including Mewtwo as like a. If you own both versions, you get three extra characters or something like that.
0: Oh, that's no. kind of dirty. Yeah, just, I mean, but, 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 <laughs> I don't anyways, know. go on,
1: go on, go on. I don't know. Uh, so far, I've been enjoying the heck out of the game. I've only had it for a day, but um, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Like the eShop was so crowded last night. If you, if anybody was on their 3DSs, probably would have seen. Like more, most of your friends list online and sitting in the eShop. Just like waiting. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it went live and it took so long to download because everybody was downloading it. Um, but I got it. I played it. It's really good. Made a lot of cool changes. It's a cool game.
0: So I guess they're kind of um, hedging on online multiplayer for the 3DS version, right? Yes,
1: and might I say it is the best
0: Online experience I've ever had with the Nintendo anything Oh wait, but Nintendo thing that's still like kind of lowering this the bar the standard. Uh, Well, I mean, what I'm like, if
1: I was to compare it to another like online fighting game, I would say it's on par with like you know like PC Street Fighter or like GGPO services like uh, like Lethal League and stuff. I played today with my friend Dev from the Netherlands, zero lag.
3: Hmm,
1: and he has. His internet is, like, like, point 0.1 meg up, 0.1 meg down. And so, like, we're not dealing with, like, fantastic, you know, internet here. And it was just, like, great. We just had, like, a fantastic time playing Smash.
0: And it was, like, really tight and really, like, good. It was great. That's that's kind of amazing, actually. Because you're also, like, going through Wi-Fi on both ends. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. very little uh, wires involved in that whole process at all. Like, you got the transatlantic... <laughs> Sub sub oceanic <laughs> cable, mm-hmm. r- going thousands of miles to the Netherlands and then back. But even once you get there, there's still like a massive bottleneck most of the times for for Wi-Fi speeds, anyways. So yeah, I'm really surprised actually that they managed to like match up to GGPO because when you play a fighting game online that's not using that, like the difference is clear as day. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's almost like streaming a game instead of playing it locally
1: right and uh it was just like i i had like my computer up with skype right there so i can like chat with him in between matches and it was just like it felt like we were playing on the same console next to each other (laughs) and how like it just felt like the same fluid smash experience that i had playing the one player game or playing with you know people in the same room it was that is great that is very good news Yeah, and so it makes me hopeful. I know like Mario Kart 8 has a pretty good online service. I haven't dived into it, um, but like this makes me hopeful that like Nintendo's kind of getting their shit, so to speak, getting their shit together with like online stuff and like making things better. And I mean, what better game to like showcase this than the new Smash Brothers?
3: Cool,
2: yeah, cool. Uh, what have you been up to, Jordan? Um, this week <laughs> this week in particular I've been playing Resident Evil Two. Ooh. Oh one of the um, best. <laughs> yeah, one that I never actually finished as a child either. <sighs> um so I didn't know like everything this game like had to offer. I just knew I always knew about like the liquors and stuff. I never got past the police station when I was a kid, so it's kind of a new experience for me.
0: How how are you enjoying it? I wish I wish I could have that virginal Resident Evil 2 again.
2: <laughs> um, it's good. I like it a lot actually. Um, I find the cutscenes very amusing too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was like this scene where he walks into the police officer that's dying and he's like, <laughs> What happened? And the guy's like there was this incident involving <laughs> zombies in a you mansion. You don't say. <laughs> there was just, like, a long silence, and then he's like, in a mansion. <laughs> <laughs> and then I broke out laughing, like, out loud. I'm going to miss
0: uh, uh, awful Resident Evil voice acting, because at number five, they decided to just, like, serious the fuck up for some reason, and I don't really know why. I don't know. Because I it found, was so um, entertaining...
2: I found Wesker's voice acting in number five to be really hilarious. Well, but. yeah, like, it was
0: still it was still d- d- dumb as bricks, but, um, <laughs> like, I don't, it's just, the standards were a bit too high for me to really, uh, uh take it as seriously as I could have otherwise, because it took itself <laughs> too seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that's kind of what ruined...
2: I don't bad, know a lot of things. I, I think I've said this on the podcast
0: before, but like bad horror game voice acting, like it like adds so much to the experience. Because when no human being talks like how these bad voice acting people talk,
2: it makes talk, it weirder. Yeah, like, yeah, you're like you
0: know something weird's going on. <laughs> like the old
2: Silent Hill, where they wait like five minutes in between
0: sentences and some like oh, really like nauseating headache music will play during the awkward <laughs> silences it's like <laughs> uh, it's so it, it, it's like the perfect amount of accidental creepiness okay. oh man my daughter i gotta find her
2: <laughs> and there's like a
0: long
2: silence and then no way it's dangerous <laughs> out there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that actually
1: makes that, me wonder. Uh, what do you What do you guys think of? I don't know if you, if either of you have played either of the Amnesia games, but uh, what do you think of the voice acting there? Because I'm not really like I can never pick out bad voice acting until someone's like, "Oh yeah,
0: it was bad." My like, just was like- fine.
2: Anthony was really cheesy to me, but I didn't mind it. It was absorbing. Mm-hmm. It was I, never a problem. There's
0: actually good voice acting in the sequel, um, "A Machine for Pigs." It's not a great oh, yeah. game, but the, yeah. there's this like monologue in the end oh, uh, just a the monologue. Ooh. Wait, the that, end in general. Do you guys know?
2: Um, I'm actually quite a fan of that game, even though I had kind of a negative video about it. So, wait, I like wait Jordan, you've, big...
0: you've played it. Uh, Jimmy, have you played it? Yeah, I, I finished it. Okay, okay. So, you guys know what I'm talking about when you're like, yeah. it's the stupidest situation to be in. You're like floating towards a mystical underground <laughs> yeah. Aztec temple, but yeah. this like Victorian guy is going on about the inhumane horrors of the 21st century, driving yeah, him to some <sighs> sort of cosmic madness. All oh, the writing was and so And it comes good off really well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, yeah, it, it's very interesting the like juxtaposition that <laughs> a machine for pigs is where like it has some really solid like you know, presentation at certain points. It has some really solid like writing at certain points, it has <laughs> some really solid like events that take place at certain points, and then like at the same time there are some other parts that are just like the same like general situation that is just handled completely off like awfully. Yeah. Like I don't know, that, that it's was really weird. The
0: thing I noticed, like individual lines of dialogue would be written really well and you you would especially notice that in the ending. Yeah, but yeah, the definitely. actual like storyline and the the chain of events and the stuff that were causing these characters to do these things just didn't really like add up in a convincing enough way to sell the story. And you know when you have bad voice acting, <laughs> that's kind <laughs> of a, uh, a a nice ticket out of that like having to take it seriously. You can just ignore having to take the story seriously and enjoy the game for what it's worth. And the problem with Machine right. for Pigs is that I found it an actual really boring game to play underneath that great that great ending it kind of was. Hollow. The I what made me fall in love with it was
2: really just the setting, like the machine itself was Mm. such an epic thing to just like (laughs) dive into and it it consumes you. I kinda wish the game was longer because if you're following up one of the most successful horror games of all time, I know people say you shouldn't complain about length, but Machine for Pigs should have been longer, I think.
1: No, yeah, there like there are I, I mean I'm one of the people who says like, you know, if the if the experience is good then, like, the length shouldn't matter. It should be proportionate to the experience. But in this case, it wasn't. There was... But, like, it wasn't in, like, a bad way where they filtered into some, like, extra length with weird things like the, like, Tesla pig boss fight (laughs) thing. (laughs) That's probably
2: the only thing I really didn't like. Like, I really liked uh, the game.
1: There there was, like, things like that. And then, like, on the dialogue, there was stuff that... uh, I can't even remember his name. The main character would say, like, what about my children? Where are my children? <laughs> like, you're not, like, you. did you not see the thing that just happened? Like, hang on, maybe there's something else going on. And you're, like, it, it didn't, he didn't react like I reacted, which made me disconnect from him. Like, giant machine thing underground pulses this, like, bass note that, like, breaks windows and everything. And then he's, like, my children. Like... <laughs> Do you know what's, do you, this is like the 19, or like the 1800s, do you know what just went on in front of you? That's, that's like crazy. That would blow your mind. Yeah, you wouldn't like, be like. I
2: could get revels too much in being an art game to yeah. where it doesn't expect you to take the events too seriously. Which yeah. is annoying, because when you know everything's symbolic, you're like, you don't take things quite as seriously. Yeah. It's like the stakes aren't very high.
0: I don't know if uh, we're, we're probably spoiling a lot already, but you know oh the the end twist is that your main character was not a a reliable narrator all along anyway.
1: Yeah. I well, okay. That was like even more so than the Tesla pig. The <laughs> the thing that I liked the least out of the whole game was the first time that you see. The children in front of you after oh, that, yeah. after the bass note thing and they like yeah. or they, 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 they like, crank the, the the
0: morbid up to eleven and just comes off kind of try hard. We are yeah, hiding, buddy. Like, <laughs> well, like they rip out their own hearts and it's like all right. Spoiler. Well, <laughs> the, this this the is like a spoil party we're having here, anyways.
1: Right, but like the games, if the game has run its course, if anybody, I wouldn't recommend anybody play it. I'd just recommend play the first
0: one, which is better in every way. You know my but, favorite uh, part from it. Which one? Um, Machine for Pigs. My favorite part from Amnesia colon a Machine Mm -hmm. for Pigs is that (laughs) horrifying opera song it keeps playing. Oh, yeah. there's that's like right. this really bassy, farty-sounding trumpet just kind of like wheezing and spitting while, yeah. while a horse opera singer is trying to keep <laughs> up. And it's like yeah. the scariest thing, and it'll play it while like pigmen are feasting on a table piled high with some weird thing you don't want to think about. Like, oh, it works yeah. so well. <laughs> I no, have to yeah. say, there is a part that I know
1: is cheesy beyond all hell and it's stupid and it's dumb, but it was a part that I really liked was when you get to the church for the first time mm-hmm. and you walk into the center row of the pews and the organ starts playing by itself. <laughs> and it's like...
2: And you're... I don't know. Like, I think it, that was just the theme song of the church, if I remember right, correctly.
1: Right, and it made me... like, But it plays... And then after a while, it stops, like it finishes the song and then you're left in silence with like the crucified pig there and everything. And it's like a powerful image that's like spooky, but also the song is just like a little too Phantom of the <laughs> Opera to be like, I'm actually scared. It was more like, ha And I like, I like deliberately role played
2: walking slowly down the, the aisle towards the the author it was funny i do that sometimes in games i'm just like this is an amazing sight. i'm just gonna walk really slowly through it yeah.
0: i really hate it though when a game like tries too much to deliberately engineer you to do the slow deliberate roleplay walk because yeah like you do that a lot in a lot of games and if you ever mm-hmm. notice a like e3 developer demo they do that they yeah will, they do they will slowly pan the camera and slowly walk you through in a way that doesn't really reflect gameplay unless it ends up kind of of naturally happening uh (laughs) kind of spontaneously within yourself but uh i don't know like i've noticed the ubisoft sandbox games are really really bad about forcing you into certain movement speeds that just aren't uh aren't that amazing or interesting to watch the 30th time you do it yeah i don't know but it's like uh, I love I love that it can happen right, like, by right, itself. Right. No. Like, that's that's the whole strength of being a game is that. I you, d-
1: no, I definitely agree with you. When they like, when they like present this big like situation off to the side or something, and they want you to stop and look at it. Yeah. But like the the gameplay is assuring you forward but like the developers are like wait wait wait, look at the thing look at the (laughs) thing we made it's like just make the thing look edible from the rest of the gameplay that i'm doing like don't try
0: and make me stop the one time i think a game actually got it perfect like um kind of combining a directed cinematic style with a interactive cinematic style Mm -hmm. that got you to walk around and slow pan the camera in really cool ways on your own terms and not the developers as uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, I never played that one. Oh, my God. It's one of the essentials, man. When yeah, you, I know, I know. It, you're, you're in a lot of big, empty desert fields, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're walking on your way to your destination, there aren't that many. You mostly just kind of peel your horse into a straight line and... uh run to the next boss fight but the camera will like very very slowly and very gradually pan towards a perfect angle where Mm -hmm. like your little tiny horse is in the left of the frame where it still Mm -hmm. kind of has just enough of a third person point of view ahead of you to see where you're going but most of the frame is taken up by the scenery instead Mm. and and the transition the pan the way it pans is just so slow it's it's beautiful you never notice it's playing you never notice anything really leave your hands but uh-huh. The image that the screen is painting just becomes gradually more and more great to look at. Nice, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, uh. it's
2: it's an experience. That game, it's mm. just kind it's of like much kn- more.
0: Ooh. Yeah. i I noticed (laughs) i noticed myself slowly panning the camera and like deliberately shaking the camera during intense moments and like deliberately waiting till the last second to roll dodge some some incoming threat just because it would uh kind of sell the image better right i it it just kind of happened naturally like because i
2: mean you don't play to like fight the
0: monsters you play
2: to see them so Mm -hmm. like it's really just a big like giant sight fest. I they, <laughs> they managed
0: to cram a lot of spectacle onto that like yeah. little PS2 game. Yeah. Ooh, I'm, I'm shivering just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, speaking of, of things that are spooky and scary and also um, beautiful artistic images being painted on the screen, I played something last night that was none of those. Oh, good. Yeah, have you guys ever heard of a PlayStation game called Bishy Bashy Special? Nope. <laughs> uh, it's based off a series of Japanese arcade games called Bishibashi. Okay. And they are what I am pretty sure must be one of the influences behind WarioWare. It's this okay. really, really fun distraction. I don't know. Occasionally me and my friend Michael, who I had over last night, will just um dig through old weird PlayStation games and mm-hmm. play them. And last night we played Darkstone, which was some like really kind of generic gauntlet Diablo knockoff, but then Bishy right. Bashy, which was a lot of fun. It's a <laughs> multiplayer competitive micro game competition and it's it's themed with uh, some crazy Japanese game show wackiness. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they take about two minutes each, but there's also this really long, maybe goes on for too long, like 45 second buildup between each one. And yeah, if you have a room full of friends and you want to giggle at something silly that also mm-hmm. will keep you guys entertained for hours on end, look up Bishy Bashy Special <laughs> on the PlayStation 1, a weird, really weird, really fun little gem I discovered last night that I totally didn't expect yeah, I love cool. I love games like that. Um when you like find something like <laughs> I guess
1: I guess for me the the something that's kinda like that, I wouldn't say it's exactly like that. Do you guys ever play Fusion Frenzy?
0: Yeah, on the Xbox. Yeah. Where you've seen it.
1: Like, that's uh what, that was one that me and my friend used to like like every <laughs> like few months we would be like, um I'm tired of playing like Halo or Halo Two and then like, oh man fusion frenzy and we just sit there until like three in the morning playing these dumb just like Brain dead minigames that are like it it had
0: the most (laughs) misleading box art too. Yeah. Where there was like like Axel from Twisted Metal was like sliding around a green an Xbox green sphere on the cover. And and that I don't know, it just doesn't reflect the the quite humorous and lighthearted tone of the game at all. The box art is definitely (laughs) taken from exactly one (laughs) minigame. Gosh. There's a minigame in Bishy Bashi that I was laughing my off i couldn't stop <laughs> where um you press uh, square and circle alternating uh-huh. uh really really fast to sneak your characters hiding underneath the cardboard box in a military base. Like it kind of pokes one of them. It's, it's called the great escape. And you have all of your characters on screen, like mm-hmm. tilting left and right as they scurry across the field with like a real ass <laughs> FMV cutout of a soldier with a gun in front of these like cartoony ass shenanigans going on in the background. <laughs> great. And, and, um, the, the idea is to keep moving when this, this guard in the front middle of the screen is not looking Ah. And and then stop when he is looking because he'll turn around and just see like a box or, or a fire hydrant or um a pipe or a a little sandwich board outside of a right. shop instead of instead of prisoners trying to escape from what seems to be a fairly desperate situation. Yeah. And and if you get caught, he fucking shoots you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the perfect juxtaposition, that like Japanese thing between like a horrifying uh, a situation to be in with a a crunchy sugary sweet layer of absurdity and humor. Yeah, a lot of a lot of mini games seem to kind of skirt that line between absurd violence and absurd presentation, which is I think I'm, I'm a fan of of that stuff. So so <laughs> that's probably why I liked it so much.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It sounds. Uh, I mean, that sounds directly like a game from Mario Party Two. Uh, I don't know if you. If either you played that extensively or remember what I'm talking
0: about, but I've 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 done a few Mario Party twos in my day. There was uh, there's one
1: where I think it's called like Chain Chomp Sneak or something. But like (laughs) everybody starts on one side of the thing, and there's a Chain Chomp on the other side. Oh yeah, I love how it
2: just like presents this situation. Yeah,
1: and you're just you you're in these barrels, and your head is popping out, and like the more you tilt the control stick, the more you like get out of the barrel and like run. And you need to, like, get... You need to push a button next to the Chain shop, and then go back to your door, which is open again for you to escape. But, like, when the Chain Chomp wakes up, because it's sleeping, um, when the, the snot bubble pops and it wakes up, I... You, like... You have to let go of the control stick, and your guy will like try and get back in his barrel. And the more tilting you are, the longer it takes him to get back in the barrel. And then it like freezes you mid-animation if you're still outside of it. And the Chain Chomp just eats you. And it's like, oh, okay. You're <laughs> well, gone then. forever. Yeah. It was the
2: scariest minigame in that game. <laughs> like, yeah, it that... makes you so nervous. Other than That's... the Bowser one.
0: Because <laughs> once once you get to that one, you know, this, this isn't no Mario hootenanny. <laughs> this isn't a Mario soiree. This is Mario Party. This yeah, is it, as real as it gets. Yeah. And that
1: one was so funny because of, like, the mind games it would create because at the start everybody would be like, like, let's move the least amount possible so we're all perfectly safe. And then one guy would be like, maybe I want to, maybe I want to win. And then, like, <laughs> they'd go a little bit more and everybody would be like, oh, shit, he's and, trying to win. And you can do them. Win.
0: <laughs> it, I don't know. It was really
1: fun. Man,
0: So party's great. Anyways, besides that, I have also been playing a lot of Wasteland. Like I said earlier, I made a really long, like 14 minute review of it that I'm sure some of you guys can go watch if you want to you want to know more about Wasteland, too. Mm -hmm. And sure, it's one of the like weirdest, most hard to get into RPGs I played in a long ass time Mm -hmm. that I still ended up loving by the end of it. And that's, uh, that, that, that surprised me because I did not like it at all when it started off. Um, basically, have you guys played the old Fallout games? Uh, not the old ones, no. Oh.
2: Not the classics. I've always wanted to. Oh. So. They were, they're pretty, <laughs> good, they're pretty good. They're pretty good.
0: They're on sale on Steam on GOG if you ever want to try them out. Oh, my God. The weirdest version of Fallout that, that I think is still floating around is the online version. Where you can play a, like, 80-hour point-and-click RPG from 1996 streamed to you. Wow. So that all of your mouse movements lag behind what you're actually doing with your hands. Anyways, um, Wasteland 2 is based on the style of that old uh, kind of pen-and-paper-based isometric crpgs Mm -hmm. and um it's built really well for replays which is what i'm going through right now like now that i'm finished with the game it's kind of grown on me oh it's ridiculous how much better the writing gets in the second half as well but i also am going through it again to see all the stuff i missed because little decisions you can make can drastically affect the outcome of the game in the long term which is also Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why i think i came to like it better over the long term but um it has hidden charisma checks, depending on how your <laughs> how your um, <laughs> charisma score is. People may or may not talk to you differently, and you'll have no way of knowing unless you go through the whole game again oh, with wow. a drastically different charisma score. Yeah, I'm hoping that it has um, a, a level of interaction with that charisma score that the old Fallout um, had. I'm hoping it kind of comes close to matching that, because I beat... Uh, I was able to beat Fallout 2 only by uh, gaming the charisma system, where if you have a low enough intelligence score and charisma score, people literally start talking to you like you're an idiot. Mm. Like, uh, (laughs) they they will feel bad for you and sympathize for you because you just don't seem like the kind of person who can do anything right. Sometimes, some other people will just pick on you and bully you for being a big dummy. (laughs) But um, there's an area you need to get into at the end of the game that... uh, People won't let you in if you have some bad karma on your record, which my characters Uh in Fallout did. And so in order to actually garner their sympathy, I got my dude... Doped up on steroids to the Great. point where his intelligence score was low enough to trigger that kind of speech so that the people guarding this area I needed to get into were sympathizing for me because uh, I'd they they saw it as letting me into a sanctuary for where where someone as debilitated as myself could finally feel welcome. <laughs> Damn. It, was, it was beautiful but I'm noticing stuff like that this time I'm going through with a really high charisma character whereas before I wasn't and like very first combat encounter in the game cannot happen if you talk your way out of it oh wow yeah a lot of other um, uh, I don't know I don't like how the game forces a lot of combat on you because the old CRPGs it's based off of were really lenient about having you walk or talk or sneak your way out of almost every combat encounter mm-hmm. but uh, Wasteland 2 has a ridiculously high random encounter rate on its map and whether or not you you can roll your way out of that depends on an outdoorsman skill, which is completely unrelated to charisma, intelligence or the uh, the three different uh, conversation skills that you level up separately of those values. Oh, my gosh, it's complicated. Oh, yeah. So I made a character who's entirely devoted to just talking in the party, whereas everyone else focused on their combat skills. I named uh-huh. her the silver tongue. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I made a Metal Gear Solid-themed party. I don't know if you guys remember the line from Metal Gear Solid 2 where Ocelot says, The silver tongue the gift of a prudent leader and also a liar. So what I did was I made like some Asian (laughs) girl with big boobs and called her the the silver tongue and put all of her points in charisma and talking skills. (laughs) And the game is actually playing not drastically different, but significantly enough uh, differently to, you know, satisfy. Right. And it's just uh, really interesting seeing how many conversation options change. Like I got a sweet, unique shotgun fairly early on that I didn't get the first time. I'm guessing that might have something something to do with with me trying to focus on a nonviolent, charismatic party it might not mm-hmm. i don't know
1: yeah i mean a lot you know, of the the little the hidden obvious, variables the obvious uh reward for focusing on non-violence is a sweet shotgun i know
0: i know and <laughs> um Boy, you can trade that in for for money and invest that money into something non-violent. Like, I don't know, um, trinkets that increase that outdoorsman skill so you can avoid random combat encounters on the map. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, I think I mentioned earlier that the writing gets ridiculously better towards the second half. It is, I am of the opinion at least, that it's kind of night and day. There's, uh I haven't seen many other games do this. The only other game I've seen do this trick is Fallout or not Fallout. Um Far Cry 2. And I'm kind of going to spoil something in case you guys ever end up playing this 80-hour long, really complicated, really big <laughs> RPG, but I, th- I probably won't, so Yeah. I just. <laughs> are you guys familiar with any games where halfway through they build up a final boss fight that might happen? They say you better prepare yourself. You better get rid of all your quests and, and sell anything you don't want to keep your hold up, uh, Keep a hold of because you're not gonna need it where you're going. And I'm like, okay, okay, I guess they're going to uh, send me off to confront the final boss now. And it yeah. turns out, nope, they just sent me to an entirely different world map. Yeah. And that was actually just the halfway marker of yeah, the game.
1: It <laughs> wasn't exactly that,
0: but uh, Fable 2 does something well, like that. Yeah, I didn't play through Fable 2, but I did the first one. And Far Cry 2 does that, where once you once you finish, once you think you're wrapping things up, it's just like, nope, you're actually just beginning. <laughs> oh, God, I, I love I that can't moment. Say,
2: like, I guess I kind of like it, but I've always... Really love like central mechanics. So when I get really used to something, and then you have to like adopt a bunch of new skills and then drop everything from the past it always like there's always a part of me that's just like "Ah."
0: yeah (laughs) it's a lot it they like they dump a lot on you too especially because the second half the new area you head to is full of um much more higher skill checks than the first half and that's the point where you start to notice because of those higher skill checks where your party has now specialized themselves into and also um The first half of the game just feels like it's written way more dry. I'm noticing it even on the replay. You're, uh... The basic setup is that you're wasteland rangers who go around, uh, solving people's problems. Which is, Mm -hmm. you know, the excuse to send you on all sorts of RPG adventures. But, um... There's not a lot of side quests that get offered to you very in a very dense amount in this first world map. There's a lot of distance between the towns, um, a lot of kind of dead weight that you have to carry on your way from mm-hmm. one town to another. Um, and it gets kind of interesting on your way out of there, actually, when you encounter a faction who who worships nuclear bombs and and blow kind of takes the theory of nuclear deterrence to a uh, much more smaller scale where they have a little section of the world map that is kind of a safe haven, but only mm-hmm. because the people who uh, protect it require everyone who travels through to have one of their escorts who will blow them and their whole party up if they if they break the rules. Wow. So, it's a, a little interesting moment like that before they all of a sudden throw you into a map full of interesting moments. Mm. I Oh god, there's this one part in that second map where you meet up with a uh, y- you walk you wander around and find a stadium overgrown mm. with vegetation you walk inside mm-hmm. and you see that a group of people are living in there they have a nice little garden set up on the uh, astroturf in the middle of the stadium where the football field would be where they grow their crops mm-hmm. and it turns out that it's a one of those like wacky themed RPG factions called the mannerites who for some reason worship good manners great <laughs> They, uh, yeah, they, they, <laughs> they literally kill their opponents with kindness, and they come up with really twisty, curvy rationalizations for all the horrible things that they do. And they say please and thank you, you know, while, like, forcing you into following their rules at gunpoint.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: um, as it turns out, they're cannibals. You know, oh. it's, it's kind of like bum-bum-bum. That happens in these kind of games a lot. So I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I wasn't taking myself... uh, I wasn't <clears throat> necessarily surprised by that so much as I was the way it was written. And right. that one member of their community every month is sacrificed to uh, provide the ultimate courtesy for the other people. Wow. Um, So as it turns out, there are two groups who are sharing the stadium together who Mm -hmm. are like post-apocalyptic retro religious zealots whose religious texts are campy self-help guides from the 70s and 80s. (laughs) The Mannerites apparently have a book that is a not copyrighted spinoff title of Miss Manners' Guide to Excruciatingly Correct Behavior, if Uh you guys have ever heard of that. And then there are also the Robinsons who live in the stadium with them, who are these like really crazy um kind of like aggressively 80s um self-help motivational gurus who who just do whatever they want because they're maximizing their inner potential that is inside of us all they just got to reach out and grab it because they can do it too (laughs) so yeah their their religious text is Tony Robbins's unlimited power so they're going on and on about like like the um (laughs) <laughs> the Seven Pillars of Success are their 10 commandments. Oh wow. Like it's really really kind of campy, self-aware writing that the first half of the game didn't have as much of mm-hmm. at all. And and I was I was having the time of my life when I was walking into this wacky town with all of these people's wacky problems and it turns out they have some wacky internal conflicts that I need to sort out in a in a wacky wacky way and right. uh that's that's what fallout was so good at yeah it definitely <laughs> so, was yeah until it's just if anyone of you out there are listening to this like and if you're not enjoying wasteland 2 and if you have not gotten to that second map yet like please please give it some time because it really it really picks up later on
1: yeah i don't know i i i the things that you're mentioning they definitely do sound fallout-esque um I mean, like, just with stuff like, I don't know if you remember in New Vegas, the mission where, uh, what was it? It, They're like, it's a bunch of ghouls, or I think it's ghouls, and they Mm want to, like, reactivate this old rocket
0: system to like fly oh, off yeah. to the moon or something like that the, the quest name is called fly me to the moon i remember that <laughs> uh, very that's well right I, <laughs> yeah oh god i've gone through that like three times i'm sorry have i talked about how much new vegas i've played i think oh, you might god. have mentioned it but it's one I, of my favorite games ever
1: i i just i loved that quest like that that one was like a real like open RPG quest that took so many turns that it left me, like, confused and laughing and, like, surprised at every turn. Like, you, like the first time you meet them, they're like, everybody's hostile, and then you, like, get to know them, and then you're like, oh, yeah, there's ghosts in the basement? I mean, I'll clear it out, that sounds stupid. And then you go down there, and it's, like, super mutants that are invisible, and you're like, oh, okay, this is the worst thing in the world, and then you get through that. And then like at the last second, no matter what you did, if you help them all the way to the end, you get that choice on whether or not to to sabotage the thing. And if you sabotage it, it's just the funniest thing in the world. Watching their rockets like have this grand just like like seeing off a cruise ship kind of thing. They play
0: Ride of the Valkyries out of a little tin speaker in the hangar.
1: that's right. And then they just all crash and blow up and it's like... And it's entirely uh,
0: optional. Yeah. like There's some kind of fetch that the game uh, that the main quest makes you do there, but sticking around and seeing that quest to the end is like all on you. And they really flesh it out. Like this entirely optional thing can go on for like five hours. That's the best thing about Fallout. Yeah, yeah. Just as a as well those two games especially mm-hmm. i think that's one of the reasons why wasteland 2 has been taking up so much time like one of the most frustrating things about it that i think is is um exactly how much time it, of mine it eats up yeah. And it's because i i've been conditioned by playing fallout my whole life to uh sweep all of the optional content away as i go along and uh, it's just it's it's kind of a rude awakening going back to a game where they don't necessarily expect you to do that, mm-hmm. where the optional content is so fleshed out and time consuming that it's really kind of there for players who are just kind of role playing their uh, their way into a little a little corner of mm-hmm. um, like like I guess the idea is that you would not take quests. Your characters as characters would not want to take so. um So it's kind of really time consuming how much how much time those optional quests will take which is like fun i thought in new vegas Mm -hmm. but i guess new vegas was also a little bit more denser with the thrills than wasteland 2 when you kind of pan that camera out and spend more time micromanaging than than shooting things and getting into action
1: yeah and uh it's like it's not really a a wrong or right way that either of them are (laughs) taking like not one of them isn't like better than the other because if you look at it like uh, like if you were to compare like Skyrim to Morrowind, like Morrowind was much deeper with like the the like interest that you could find from like delving into the side quests and like talking to people and reading. Yeah, things. everyone
2: I talked to says Morrowind had way better writing than Oblivion or it Skyrim. Did. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like so that's, that's Oblivion, actually one of the things that like keeps me from playing the other two is like if I'm more gonna play like one,
0: Abordium, good <laughs> one.
1: I actually, Oblivion's my favorite one, but just because it's the first one that I played. And um, I, the first time I tried Morrowind, I tried to cast Fireball on a mud crab seven times and it failed. And I was like, this game is stupid. And then I stopped no. playing
0: it. Morrowind <laughs> doesn't have good early game combat I'm at actually, all. No, that's what, that's what I've heard. And, and people who actually like the game, like, they'll have no problem admitting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's kind of like Silent Hill 2, where you're like,
0: yeah, the gameplay is terrible, but... <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but in Silent what Hill 2, at least it has kind of a... Uh- intended purpose where you're playing as a character who's not supposed to be good in combat and you know right. in the classic vein of horror game combat the combat isn't actually that much yeah, worth it much every more time avoidable anyway
2: than like resident evil combat you yeah. can run away from and everything. that's another
0: thing i'm noticing replaying wasteland 2 i'm i'm avoiding a lot of the combat that i was getting mm-hmm. into the first time there's no <clears throat> there's no like individually scalable stealth skill you can give your characters and whether or not you get into combat while traveling across the main map is just up to a dice roll but um the enemies in this game are really blind it turns out that just playing stealthily without a, a RPG stealth skill tacked on your character's sheets is surprisingly doable hmm. that's interesting yeah yeah but anyways um I think that uh that, that sums up what we've been doing with our weeks right <laughs> yeah. mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah. Uh, yeah. That means we have news coming up next. Oh yeah. And uh not a lot of interesting stuff happened this week, but I did try, I did try to filter out <laughs> the most interesting stories from that pile. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Which and is we why will... we just
2: spent the whole first yeah, time. Ah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, oh no. Shh, shh, our, secret, our secret. Our uh, secret has been revealed. Our game <laughs> journalism conspiracy has been uncovered. QBG Anyways. Gates. <laughs> um yeah, we will get back to that after these messages.
1: Thank goodness for new Pac-Man pasta from Chef Boyardee. New Pac-Man pasta? Mmm, little
3: spaghetti
1: shaped like us. Ah, delicious. And because Chef
3: Boyardee is packed with goodness, it's great for when we have to eat and run. New Pac-Man pasta from Chef Boyardee. With meatballs, oh. without meatballs, oh. Oh. or chicken flavor.
0: Oh. Thank goodness for new Pac-Man pasta. Thank goodness for oh. Chef Boyardee.
2: Oh. First the Pac-Man eats through a maze of dots, then the
0: Pac-Man heads for the corner spot, then he eats his fill of a power pill. And then all those ghosts turn blue. Boo! And Pac-Man eats them all too. Have you played Pac-Man? It's the new video computer game everyone's talking about. And naturally, it's from Atari. Have you played Atari today? hey guys guess (laughs) what wacky thing happened this week Um, could it be that I don't know what happened The Wall Street (laughs) Journal has announced that the Tetris movie is in the works. Oh, not the Tetris movie. A Tetris movie? A Tetris movie? A Tetris movie, yes. Yes, because there might be a huge franchise of Tetris movies that could eventually spawn the Tetris movie, but right now, we're just going to have to look forward to a Tetris movie. Fantastic. Oh, God, this is weird. And I don't necessarily know, like... Yeah. Uh, okay, let me just start from the top, all right? All right, all right. Wall Street Journal, Speakeasy Entertainment blog said Threshold Entertainment is set to produce a live-action Tetris film. Okay. Tetris film is enough of a red flag in itself. Live-action right. just makes things kind of weirder. Hell, even an animated <laughs> Tetris like... film would be weird. Right. Um... Anyways, the company in question, Threshold Entertainment. They own an animation studio that makes a lot of the like <laughs> a lot I of the movies that know. play when you get into theme park rides. Oh. No, Josh,
2: yeah. I didn't know it was live action until. The yeah, time. it's live
0: action. That's what they're saying anyways, but I don't know, like these days, you know, Gosh. with their computer magic, they could just movie magic. They could just you can't really tell anyways, can you? So whatever. Mm. It could be live action like Tetris out, blocks like animated. Oh. Where uh, they just kind of uh, deliberately make fun of it. I, I don't we know. Can I like, hope. I would, Actually, I could you know hope. What? Yeah.
1: I would I would be probably better about this whole thing if
0: it was that. But oh, no. I wanted to take know, itself one hundred percent seriously. What will completely dash your hopes of this ever happening at all, and even meeting some like garbage low standard of it being a awful self referential Tetris movie parody film? What is that? Te- this company, Threshold Entertainment. They Uh, made Food Fight. Oh. Yeah.
2: Yeah, (laughs) so now
0: all of a sudden, like...
2: (laughs) Oh, that that, movie.
0: How are the Food Fight people
2: still in business? They're acquiring the rights to
0: the Tetris movie.
2: (laughs) Well, um... Well, I guess if anybody's going to be sold the rights, you might as well sell it to the Food Fight people. (laughs) Who even owns...
0: Who even owns the Tetris rights? There's a company um, called the, the Tetris dudes. Company. Yeah, Real? yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're they gave really, it to like, him in 1996. Too. And really? and they mm. license out the game to other developers and apparently uh, Threshold Entertainment as well. And um, yeah, they, they clamp down on you if you make an unauthorized Tetris yeah, clone. Yeah, they're,
2: they're so strict. They've sued people just for like, using the word Tetris in their products.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> they're
2: like, we own Tetris. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Damn. It's, that's yeah. uh okay. Well, all right. So
0: in in summary of of just what we know just so far. Yes, we know that the company that made Food Fight is <sighs> um has somehow acquired the rights and is now selling the idea of a live-action Tetris film. Okay. Now, we have the Threshold CEO, Larry Kasanoff, talking to the Wall Street Journal um, about the movie and, like, these quotes. Like, I can't tell if he is trying really hard to sell the idea of this movie or if he is, like... Just making fun of it. Like, it's hard to tell. Right. He starts off by telling to to the writer, the reporter, that it's a, quote, it's a very big, epic sci-fi movie, end quote. Red flags everywhere. He then goes on to say, this isn't a movie (laughs) with a bunch of lines running around the page. We're not giving feet to the geometric shapes. As, As if that, like, as if that's,
1: like, making sure that he's mocking one silly idea To to show you that his is not silly. He
0: tries to hype up his silly idea. Yeah. He says, brands are the new stars of Hollywood. We have a story behind Tetris, which makes it a much more imaginative thing. We certainly have the canvas for location-based entertainment based on the epicness. What you will see in Tetris is the teeny tip of an iceberg that has intergalactic significance. All right. So let me just... (laughs) Let me just... Wrap Pre-ep- your head pre- around this. Yes, no, yes. I don't.
1: I, I don't even need to start wrapping my head around this. Anybody oh. who uses the word intergalactic
0: should just stop. And anyone who uses the word epicness is already past the point of no return. <laughs> they're they're uh, a vegetable as far as I'm concerned.
1: I hope that the Tetris movie is named Tetris. Subtitle: Intergalactic Epicness.
0: <laughs> Tetris colon
2: Return of the Jedi. Oh man, I think I already <laughs> used the word epic once tonight. Well, we
0: but at least no. ep- epic is epicness. like
1: epic ep- Epic ran
2: its course as being, like, the,
1: the like, ridiculous word. And I think it's, like, fine to use it now. Epicness. And then no. also using epic twice in, like, the same span. Like, mm-hmm. really, like...
0: Mm, I don't know. So, anyways. I don't know. Like, this could be a thing. Like, they could actually be trying to make a Tetris movie that will be in development hell and maybe never come out. Or maybe finally come out and be as awful as everyone expected it to be. Or... You know these are the food fight people, so they could just be trying to launder dirty Hollywood money. I don't even like. I mean, they could just be trying to get Jontron to review another one of their movies so they get popularity again. Oh my god i <laughs> i don't I don't even I don't even. Well, okay. I, I can't. I can't. I don't even.
1: The the thing that I'm most scared about is that this movie will be like a serious tone, and that we're gonna get things like. Did you guys see the Amazing Spider-Man two?
2: Nope, not yet. I saw okay. the original. Nope. I mean, right. the, the first. The, the first one I really
1: the, liked. There isn't the even one, an
0: original anymore.
1: The, the second one had a lot of a lot of problems, but there's one part in particular that was just so ridiculous, where the bad guy Electro and he's like this guy who's made of electricity and is fighting. Spider-Man in this like power plant right Mm -hmm. and there's these big power coils and Spider-Man's jumping around and dodging electrical bolts and he's like hiding at one point and Electro zaps the power coils and it goes like like with the power coils and he like plays the itsy bitsy spider and it's like this is so beyond saving that i don't want to watch the rest of this film i'm afraid that that's what the tetris movie is going to do that they're going to be like flying these intergalactic block ships and then the the driver of one of them at one point is going to be like
2: I was going to say you oh, know the theme song is probably going to make an it appearance which literally... will just make laughter occur in everyone's imagine, soul though,
1: imagine though what if they made this to where it's like they go as serious as possible and they get like Haunt Zimmer no. to remake oh, the Tetris no. <laughs> theme in like Haunt Zimmer
0: style. Like if they did, though, it would be it would try to be campy and funny about it. Like I don't think there's any way a Tetris movie could be made unless it was like a deliberate riff on the Tetris movie idea. Which right. means if it does get made, it would be some awful like Wayans brothers. It would literally be called Tetris Movie. And yeah. it would have, like, I, I don't know, Pamela Anderson running around poking fun at how um, <laughs> hackneyed Hollywood rumen? remake ideas are these days while being a hackneyed Hollywood appropriation yeah. of, of a brand <laughs> that doesn't belong in, in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, that's, the, the only, that's the realistic way I could see it. I could not, like, see a serious tetris i i I just can't even you can't tell it's it's just not a thing that has it's that'd be like no the
2: only
1: way even even a dig dug movie would like make more sense
2: the only way you could make this movie seriously is if you didn't call it Tetris yeah, it and just you te- said I, I got inspired while I was playing Tetris. Yeah, what if it turns out
0: that it's like some entirely unrelated idea and they're gonna reveal that that was the Tetris movie after the movie's out? That yeah. would've
1: been fine. Like that what if it's like, about right, space
0: Russians flying blocky ships that, that smash into each other and then a month down the line the producer is like, remember the Tetris movie that Threshold Entertainment was trying <laughs> Trying to trying to hawk years ago. That oh was gosh. what became of that idea. That reminds yeah. me of that like horror game
2: that uh, was inspired by. It. It's supposed to, it's based on Pac Man, but they didn't reveal that until way after releasing it. <laughs> I think was it Daylight? I don't. I don't know. I haven't. It was heard a about game this. where you're navigating a labyrinth and there's something like chasing you around and it's it's scary. But well, I don't remember. I didn't actually play it so. <laughs> It's, I just know it was based on Pac-Man. That, I mean, I that found sounds that interesting.
1: interesting. That sounds like a fun, like, thing that well, happened. And it'd be
2: Like,
0: it's, it's always, it's not hard to make a stretch out of anything. Like, I remember when, after Amnesia came out, I was reading the dev blogs, and they were talking about how they got inspirations for how to build level hubs from Super Mario 64, and how the first uh, area of Amnesia the Dark Descent actually is basically the same layout and yeah. design of Super Mario, and I was like, huh, oh, man.
1: that makes sense. I did not even yeah it is it's like it's not like one to, one for one but like it has the staircase that goes around to the top to the door and
0: the mm-hmm. one
1: that goes below that's really interesting and,
0: and they're like every every time you walk into a new area you kind of come off of um spokes from a central hub yeah yeah I, I don't want to say spokes on a wheel because you never really get to like an outer perimeter that runs around all the maps no, like, in, no. like in Dark Souls but yeah, it has a very a very spoky design, much like much like Mario, which turns out was their primary inspiration. That's great, believe I it or that. not. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, that was that was a thing where people were kind of appropriating unrelated ideas of other people into something that they made their own. And right now, Square Enix is encouraging oh, fans okay. do that with <laughs> photoshops of Final Fantasy characters. God damn it, <laughs> I like, try hard, you guys. I try really hard.
1: Like, I'm just going to be completely transparent. We could have skipped this this subject and went on to the next one, which is about a horror game from Amnesia. But, but all right. You want to make this topic happen? You did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ten, ten. So,
0: so, I don't know. Have you guys ever, ever scrolled around the boards you frequent and seen people get, uh, get... Those those Final Fantasy those uh those those flashy Final Fantasy pretty boys in their super expensive sleek black retro car yeah. that they drive around yeah. the overworld map and go on hilarious adventures with into yeah. wacky situations.
1: <laughs> I, like, I um, have seen like
0: one or two. I haven't like looked through. Well, now it's officially sanctioned by Square Enix for people to do that because they have released high resolution. <laughs> pngs of of the those guys partying in their car with a transparent background that you could just slap on anything oh man
1: (laughs) i i wonder if that was like their i wonder because like just as, as as stupid as it sounds of me to say this just hearing that makes me think like well that's not funny anymore yeah. <laughs> because they're like, Yeah, do that guys. And it's like, no, you know, the point was they're making fun of you, Scrainics. Yeah.
0: Me. And and it the, the party the party stops when the grown ups <laughs> get on the party bus, you know? yeah. And yeah. I wonder
1: if this is their extremely clever way of stopping the party. <laughs>
0: I don't. Why would they want to stop it, though? Because, like, the whole idea is that it's still marketing their game, even if they are, like, making fun of their game, they're still yeah. getting press from it. So maybe, I don't know, like, maybe a win win would be for them to, like, stealthily drop those transparent PNGs on a board somewhere and just oh, be like, yeah. hey, guys, I made a template. Oh, you know, that'd be no, funny. completely anonymous, no reveal that it's actually Square Enix. It's one man in particular, Hajime Tabata, the director. <laughs> I believe I was, um, uh, reading quotes off him in last week's episode but he's the guy who uh who made who made our our photoshop cutout for us to make our hilarious memes of the final fantasy yeah i know i know
1: I, man i can't wait to get down on all those May mays
0: i was it's actually oh my god no
2: i was <laughs> actually like a few weeks ago i just like posted a picture of their main character uh Noctis or whatever the emo guy Noctis and I'm just like, is this name? is like, I think that was the first Final Fantasy character design I've ever seen that made me laugh out loud in my yeah. chair. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, just something about it was so funny to me. You just
0: said like, this is, this man is ugly, or this design is ugly. I remember that tweet.
2: It was just like, I was like, seriously, like lightning looked better than this. Like this looks that like that a 13 means- year old
0: <laughs> it, it looks like a boy version of lightning to me i don't know final fantasy people are all going to start looking the same eventually
2: i always thought like lightning was a girl version of cloud that's kind of what she looks like to me oh, yeah. i was i've I th-
0: always been weirded out when they like reeled up clouds proportions during the advent children days I, don't know, I couldn't take it yeah they uh i think they kind of solidified lightning as as fem
1: cloud when they gave yeah uh what was it in thirteen two? they gave like pre-order bonus was cloud's armor for lightning but it was soldier oh, yeah. armor but it was like it's cloud
0: you even get yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't know i don't the, the one big shoulder pad with the <laughs> with the nubs on it that's yeah that's no, i didn't
2: know about that but i saw pictures of it and i'm like she's totally just cloud like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah but no this looks like the main character from final fantasy 15 i'm just like what are you wearing like this is something that you'd stop wearing once you're 15 because you feel people are going to start laughing at you.
0: <laughs> I just I just want to like hear some real ass noises happen when these characters are walking around cuz like there what? there would be some clinking and some clanking with with all the like metal doodads that just kind of dribble off of Final Fantasy characters. Right.
1: It, it would be interesting to see like uh like the
2: trailer Redone More like or, Kingdom Hearts characters. Oh yeah, like, yeah, like I, I, a little metal, like yeah. Did you guys but Kingdom see that? Hearts
0: are actually good games? <laughs> did you Did you
1: guys see the uh, the I forgot who made the video. It's like um, the Star Wars, like the metal ceremony scene from Return of the Jedi, from the end of Return of the. Or wait, is it Return of the Jedi or New Hope, where they give the medals? New to, Hope. Yeah. Okay. From that, um, minus music, and they added like sound effects of what it would really sound like to be in the room. Mm-hmm. It is the funniest thing in the world because it's just like silent and there's like footsteps and like a guy coughs and like <laughs> <laughs> like when when like uh, Leia smiles at hand you hear like this the slight like of the lips it's so <laughs> so funny Is I would there love a youtuber
2: that does that like with movie yeah, scenes yeah I, that, I've it was seen probably a few of them, but yeah, it would be I've great seen to see s- it's hilarious it'd be great to see that for
1: these these final fantasy guys just like, clanking you know, like, and like, like clanking just, just
0: walking around like you would hear like leather crackling and and I don't know like you know those hair gel noises when <laughs> when someone rubs their hand through jellied hair and you start yeah. hearing like slimy stuff yeah yeah. yeah anyways, speaking of slimy things
1: okay <laughs>
0: the uh the reviews for for alien isolation have uh have lifted they they yeah. released the embargo really early. we yeah. still got five days before launch when they dropped. I think it's we're about four days now on the third- uh-huh. but uh anyways, yeah, it's kinda kind of mixed I don't know like a few of the scores are low, but from what I was reading in the text, it sounded like this game might be my jam um, yeah, it seems it seems pretty good from what I I saw in the reviews. as Yeah, well. you've actually seen video of it too. Mm-hmm. I I haven't spoiled myself of that. This game has been kind of like easy to black myself out of. Actually, the uh, the hype train hasn't been really really aggressive on this one. I didn't even know it existed until today. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because the announcement came right after the release of Aliens Colonial Marines, uh-huh. when everyone had like little to no faith in a good <laughs> Alien game coming out. They were like, "Why are they making another Alien game this early?" Yeah. But as it turns out, it's an entirely different tone and setting. This is actually like a legit survival horror game. Yeah. With just it, one alien instead of a zillion. Yeah. It's funny.
1: At the I, I was watching uh, Jim Sterling's video review on it, and at the end, like the, the closing line of his review was uh, to Sega, um, all I have to say is, for uh, for the previous game, you're forgiven. And that was oh,
0: it. That's, that's cute. Well, that's yeah. what I
2: was hoping for when it was announced. So. Yeah, but it still I,
0: doesn't sound like excellent, I guess. It's, it, it seems mixed
1: because it's like, it, from across the board, it looks like we're getting like six and below, but
2: the other half is giving them eight and above. I didn't really expect Sega to make an excellent horror game.
0: Well, it, it was creative assembly and Sega publishing it uh, From,
1: like I, I don't know how much you want to like like know about how the game is George because you said mm-hmm. you
0: kind of want to keep black on it but like I mean I, I expect to play it eventually I'm not super right. excited, but it does sound like my jam then it seems like the negatives are that like the game is kind of just straight
1: up unfair sometimes because I guess the aliens AI is pretty damn like good yeah. Like, like, the, the alien itself, since there's only one alien, I guess, like, it has very, very good AI. It's very hard to outsmart and outrun. And so, like, I from what people are saying, like, in some situations, you, like, the first glimpse that you catch of the alien is, like, that's it. You're done. Like, there's no escape. And there was no way to, like, tell that that was going to happen. And so, people were, like, upset about that. And then also, like, a lot of the, like, environment puzzles seem to be a bit too vague. But yeah. I don't know. It seems like from what I saw in the video stuff, it seems like a bit more of a like uh, claustrophobic space
0: amnesia so i don't know (laughs) which which is exactly that seems to make so much sense for an alien game yeah i mean uh, that's like that's what it should be i mean it's absolutely like silly that the tone of this franchise changes so much when they slap an s on the end of alien right but like it really is like i watched the first movie and then aliens back to back and am i the only guy who liked the first one better Um, Oh, I haven't seen either of them. Oh, no, I like the first one way better. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm giving you a high five through my mic right now. If only you could see it.
2: It's more. There's so many reasons, but I love aliens, too. I think
1: generally uh, it's accepted that the first one is like the better film and the second one is the more action-oriented film yeah as far as i did. know
2: I, I I that think... i think more people
0: love the second one just because mm-hmm. it appeals to like everybody but it also invented space marines <laughs> yeah which yeah. have become incredibly pervasive so i think throughout my whole life like knowing space marines as a tired cliche and then way later in my life like two years ago finally watching Aliens like the cliche the space marines were just a cliche they weren't they weren't like exciting action packed rollicking action heroes they were just tired bald space marine cliches yeah (laughs) Um, Um, anyways also the first movie I mean it's just shot beautifully
2: the first movie is isolation in in terms of like looking at these two except yeah,
0: I mean you wouldn't I like, compare aliens. I to- like how the first three and maybe four alien movies are reflective of the era they're made in. Yeah. Like in the first movie, the the robot they send with them from the government turns out to be to be um like double crossing them and spying on them and then yeah. like some unknown menace starts crippling their economy in a slow painful and almost invisible process until it all explodes in a riot of violence right. and then in the second movie like Ripley is <laughs> these space marines are like gearing up to go to war in the Middle East <laughs> and and Ripley is like just blasting away at, at a bunch of alien xenophobes yeah. uh, just, just crawling after her and they pose no threat whatsoever because she has you know like a little child in one arm and a giant assault rifle in the other <laughs> and then in uh in the third one like it's it's really slow and angsty like a 90s gothic rammstein video Oh, i see what you're saying <laughs> and then in the fourth one the franchise has just been around for so long that ripley has a, like unlimited clones of herself that she, she has, like, has superpowers to too like, yeah. she can, like, oh, yeah. read minds like, and shit. Like, I it's, like, self aware of how, <laughs> how tired and ridiculous and hackneyed the entire franchise is. But no, the the first Alien was really impressive for
2: a 79 movie. It's yeah. one of my favorite um, movies. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. The, the second
0: one, Aliens, is really not. I didn't, I'm, like, the only person who I don't think enjoyed it that much. I really, I, I really Aliens.
1: like the 70s uh, take on space because they did that whole used future thing where, like, yeah. everything is, like... Like, it, it looks like you're in a junkyard all the time. <laughs> everything is, like, like steel, like, cold steel, like, kind of, like, no, dirty a No, yeah, that's actually bit.
2: one thing I really love about it, because you see, like, a movie like Prometheus, and they're in this, like, expensive, like, paid-for by the company, um, you know, really nice spaceship, but then... In Alien, they're they industrial workers, like they're right. mining, they're miners. So yeah. their ship would look like that. It's it yeah. hasn't dated badly. I love
0: the, like the the, <laughs> the most I I guess like iconic difference between the original Star Wars and the new Star Wars is uh, kind of emblematic of that one scene in a new hope where they first get in the millennium Falcon and Han Solo slides away a big ass pile of paperwork off yeah. the cockpit of the like, yeah. the actual papers. You can yeah. go back and watch it. They're supposed to be in this wonderful future, but apparently you know, your cramped dirty truck that you drive around space with <laughs> still has like paperwork all over the, like, are there snack wrappers in there too? It's yeah, just, no, a, it's, it's, it's really relatable.
1: Funny. It's really funny. Yeah. Cause the, the old star Wars, Almost have a sort of like Wild West cowboy vibe. Mm-hmm. And the new Star Wars have this like almost, almost like samurai sort of like, uh, I, I don't know what the word like fantasy. It went, it went from like, like a wild west to sort of
0: more like fantasy setting of like which is funny that you say samurai because george lucas is a talentless hack fraud who just ripped off the the Kurosawa samurai movies i don't i don't actually <laughs> think it's that big of a deal because i mean nothing's original anymore anyways but yeah, yeah yeah i would uh i would see how he would try to try to kind of
1: like it, it's like a more like be, elegant be and like like romanticized thing where like the other one is like this really like gritty like everything is just like covered in dust like everything i mean, in, I mean in the star story Wars. is
0: like classic and romantic but the yeah. universe has a little bit of a little bit of grime on some areas of it that uh, wasn't in the everything. new movies the trash the, the death star though like that was that was a sleek clean shiny facility the inside, yes yeah yeah, yeah except definitely. for the the trash room oh there you go yeah, yeah. even <laughs> even the death star people gotta poop somewhere yeah 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 <laughs> okay you think by then they could just vaporize their shit (laughs) but i mean they have have to keep paperwork in in the cockpit of their ships to jot down notes (laughs) yeah uh space notes um speaking of things that require lots of paperwork and note-taking and analytics and accounting all right kickstarter game projects are declining (laughs) this year yeah Okay. According to official numbers released by the German version of Games Industry International, uh, they have reported that funded Kickstarter game projects are, or will have, dropped by a good 20% from last year, with a total of $27 million raised this year compared to last year's $57.9 I think
1: uh. if I am to just like take a, a like, general stab at the reason... I mean like first of all I think Kickstarter is like obviously like the romantic like oh Kickstarter eat like that whole thing is over like we all know what Kickstarter yeah. is now it's not like and, a and surprise. We and all, we all
0: kind of saw this coming too. Oh, right. Like this isn't surprising news it is but news I, though. I
1: think that this is in the period between where a lot of Kickstarter games uh, like the popular ones got funded and where they're coming to fruition like this year was the between period. Wasteland Two came out. Right, we got Shovel Knight this year. We got Wasteland Two. Like we were getting the games that we funded a year or two ago, and so everybody, like, you know, the whole like don't put your don't put all your eggs in one basket. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people probably like funded one or two things, and they're like, okay, I want to see this happen before I like keep throwing my money at more things. You know, yeah, because like. If if all of these don't happen, then maybe I shouldn't just do any sort of Kickstarter funding at all. And yeah, like I don't know, like I'm still seeing Kickstarter projects funded. I mean, we talked about last week. I interviewed uh, uh, Roger working on uh, Band Saga mm-hmm. and it's a his wreck-a-dam. game. Yeah, yeah, and his game was like really close to not getting funded, and then suddenly in a week, it just like jumped
0: up and everybody like banded together and band it together and got oh no that's like an observed phenomenon They usually like kickstarters that are on the fringe oftentimes pick up within the last 48 hours
1: yeah no he got he got like most of the funding in the last like three days or so and i was just really excited to see it uh funded and i mean there you go that's a game funded hopefully because of this year's great turnout with some like good kickstarter games that like are now like real that we can play maybe we'll see like uh an upswing next year yeah
0: well i guess from now on it won't be as exciting as it was two years ago right of course um we've kind of got that honeymoon over with and like all the all the really big names who were gonna cash in on crowdfunding have done it by now yeah and um but even then like we all I guess I, I don't know I, I kind of don't want to say we all saw it coming but I feel like I was hearing a lot of people even back then saying that they were in the honeymoon stage <laughs> and that as time went on you know there would be some successful projects there would be some unsuccessful projects and there would just be some dirty scam projects that's exactly what happened like people are a little less excited there's a little like 20% is is a good chunk but it's not necessarily a tragedy and I don't Uh, think this will make crowdfunding in general any less viable especially now that early access is a thing and I don't really think it's good or bad news in general I kind of expected it to happen at some point just because I
2: I didn't want it to but I knew like there would be problems like people wouldn't finish stuff and people might Mm -hmm. lose interest in funding for them I don't know
0: because games people... also take a while. Like good yeah. games take at least two years, and and I feel like a lot of of the uh, uninformed majority will just not know that. Yeah, and will we'll be expecting faster returns.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Um, Bandai Namco is announcing a new Star Wars arcade cabinet. Can you believe it? <laughs> Maybe. Wow. Yeah, I guess uh, with the um new Star Wars movies coming out. This might be... might be... I I guess expected, but still, like, it's... it's (laughs) surprising to have a legit arcade cabinet come out these days, Uh but... I I still... I don't know. Polygon broke this news. They might be trying to spin it into a bigger deal than it actually is. But there is, like, a chance it could be some, like, super casual, almost gambling-type thing. Mm -hmm. Or it could be a really fancy, high-tech 3D arcade game that, in the grand tradition of arcade games, pulls some either graphical tricks or control scheme tricks that you can't do at home. Yeah. And that would be neat, I guess. I mean, I've always, like... Found some
1: sort of like mystique to the uh, the pod racer cabinets. I've always wanted oh, yeah. to give them a go, but they're always too expensive for me to justify being able to play them for too long. So I don't know. That's my problem with arcade cabinets is I want to play the game more than the game is worth to me. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> well there, there are a lot of cool things you can you can do with a cabinet that you can't necessarily do at home like like F0AX had this yeah. crazy cabinet that tilted as you tilted your super fast supercar and the yeah. original Star Wars cabinet was actually Yeah Is that the one that John Tron like was playing cockpit. in his like one vine video Yeah like- <laughs> I, th- I think
1: uh, I think that's actually uh, Aaron owns one Ego Raptor That actually he looks fun has uh, an F0AX cabinet I think I think I heard that. I'll I'm try
0: not, sure. not to be jelly.
1: Yeah, I mean I if so know. that I'm actually probably jelly. was
2: Ego Raptors cuz that was back when they were like hanging out all the time.
1: <laughs> oh, probably during uh Grumps times. Yeah.
2: The Grumps times. And we all know how that turned
1: out. <laughs>
2: the era of the Grump.
1: The uh the Arcade Gambit came between them, Vintage obviously.
0: Grumps. <laughs> Anyways, uh Vintage Grumps are over and fairly soon this uh this week's podcast is going to have to wrap up as well. <laughs> okay um (laughs) yeah yeah i think i think we're running slow on our time Mm, here so uh unless you guys have anything else you want to throw in about news or games you've been playing this week i think we uh i think we've just about gone down the list like i said not a lot not a lot of interesting news no just a just a couple interesting news a lot of just all right topics I guess, I guess now that TGS has wrapped up and since... Um, I guess this is like the one week before the spike of, of holiday game releases are about to come in. Like, I would not be surprised if less, next week we end up going on about <laughs> PC launch issues with yeah. Alien Isolation. Oh, yeah. I guess we're not really hearing that right now because all we've got are reviews by people who, who can handle it. But when right. it hits the general market, there's, uh, there might be some drama. Creative Assembly PC releases typically have drama Yeah.
1: That's that's right because I did I, the gameplay did look pretty much gorgeous. Uh, I wonder how that's going to handle for people.
0: The uh, are you guys fans of the Total War series at all? Uh, I it's, it's something it. I've always wanted to play, but it's <laughs> they're very great games three months after launch. Oh, <laughs> but they're terrible games three months before launch. Right and And you know it's the same company doing a radically different genre they're not uh super familiar with uh-huh. so um and you know some reviews have talked about the weird pacing the weird the weird design of some aspects, mm-hmm. and I also would not be surprised if the tech on launch on the p c version is weird as well yeah so so still, even though the reviews there are some good ones there are some bad ones it's kind of mixed, but I guess buyer beware,
1: yeah definitely. given the
0: reputation of the company. <laughs> anyways i'm still looking forward to seeing how it turns out though i want to yeah. play that game at some point and i plan on uh actually doing the evil within good good horror games oh, coming out this this, uh, the evil this month yeah
1: yes. yeah i think i need to i think i need to just uh just uh saddle up and dive into and then, some horror yeah. games because yeah, i
0: hold on to to like something on your desk <laughs> so you don't fall out <laughs> maybe fall out no i'm just kidding <laughs> We already oh, went cool. on and on for like 15 minutes. <laughs> I know. What if we just it? looped back into the into an earlier part of the podcast? It'll just go on and on and on. <laughs> well, that is what I'm going to be doing when I turn it off. So, uh, it will be kind of going full circle. Oh yeah. I'm going to be closing this window and, and alt-tabbing back into Wasteland 2 cuz I <laughs> no, can't you stop playing this game. It. You need to play something different now. <laughs> no, but it's it's good. I want to keep playing. You can't play That's video games thing, I guess. to have fun. I mean, it's you not... do
2: your review and you want to keep playing it. That's like a great sign because That is did a good you guys sign.
0: Ever see that that um, Blacklight band song on video games? Where they're no. like, "All I want to do is play, play video, video games. games." That one. That's <laughs> that's what my brain has felt like for the past week because oh, all gosh. I have done. Is played one video game in particular and like, oh god, yeah. The lofty childhood dreams of reviewing video games for money in addition to my laborious <laughs> job. Yeah. It's it takes you it takes tolls on your mind. Oh, children. it does like
2: those weeks are the best where you're just like, I wanna play video games. Yeah. I suddenly just want to play them by myself and be happy.
1: I don't know if you get this, George, because you you do weekly videos, but like mm. for me, whenever I do a video, it's always like Focus on one thing and I spend like a couple of weeks working on it and then I finally get the video and then I finally put it up and after that I'm like I can I can play games I wanna play.
0: And it's like I don't have to justify it. I it's can really, just do it. It's really weird when the one the game I wanna play, which is Wasteland 2, is also the game I had to play. I mean that's for great. 75 hours that's insane, over the past though. week that's and a half. Good, It right? is insane. Yeah. Oh god. It lasted a really long time, but it grew on me. I recommend it at the end of the day. You just have to put up with some bullshit on your way there. <laughs> Anyways Anyways. I hope we do not provide you With a lot of bullshit to put up with And that is why we hope You uh, rate us five stars on iTunes Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh And the uh
1: Forums have been a little bit Slow lately that's why we haven't really had a Community segment uh 'cause usually what we have near the end of the show. So Pick if up you, the pace, folks. Yeah. If you want to to maybe like spur on some conversation that's not related to news or anything or you just want to to talk, talk about to, your yeah.
2: conspiracy theories. I will yeah. I will return to the forums because I didn't know the site was up again,
1: like for the past yeah. three weeks. Jordan's so. been uh, underneath so he doesn't, yeah. really, he doesn't yeah. really know yeah, but I didn't know. Uh, yeah you guys if you don't know you can head over to that and of course, there we have forums. Uh, this is that's where you can find these podcasts the second they, they go up, um, and we actually have a, a forum dedicated to the podcast. So if you want to chit chat with us, ask us, us message, questions, make suggestions.
0: Oh, uh, Matt CD wanted to know: Have any of us played the Bouncer? I have not even heard of the Bouncer. I remember the Bouncer, but I haven't played it, Jordan. The Bouncer. It was a launch PS2 game, but anyways, eh, there you go. Well, <laughs> it's uh, it's it was it was a brawler made by Squeenix, But anyways, that answers one question we yeah. we actually did get within the past couple weeks.
1: And and in if we weren't doing that on our way out on the sign off, we would answer it uh, better. But you know, just... if
2: I'd known, I would have played it just to give my opinion.
1: <laughs> I I wouldn't have because I'm not going to go find myself. It, it a didn't PS2. get very good <laughs> reviews. Okay, fair enough. I would have found a video review and watched about it. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's your uh, homework for the week, TOBG podcast listeners. Go find some video, an LP maybe, on the bouncer. And then on we'll PS2, talk about it. And uh, <laughs> And post your post your thoughts and throw thread on the TOBG forums. Because it's
0: so relevant. It came out in like 2001, <laughs> I think. Maybe even 2000 flat. But anyways, um, yeah, we will, we will see you guys next week. And have lots of fun until mm-hmm. then. Play lots of games. Ask mm-hmm. us questions about games. And we will try to answer them in an yeah. entertaining and fun fashion. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. 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 Mm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right.